Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now, let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. This is a very requested episode on the various models of care during pregnancy and birth. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. 
Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 106. I am so glad that you are with me today. On today's episode, I am going to break down all the various options for prenatal care and care during your birth in the hospital. This is something that people often find quite confusing and you'll see why when I explain everything. There's also a tremendous amount of variation. You and your girlfriend could be going to different practices, but both delivering at the same hospital and it can be completely different what's going to happen for each of you. So it's really an individual thing. So it's important. And I'm going to say this now and I'll say it again, that you ask questions of your specific provider. But in today's episode, I'm going to give you a general overview so you can have an idea of what questions to ask. So I'm going to talk about what it's like when you are receiving care with a solo practitioner, a group practice, getting care at an academic medical center where there may be residents or medical students. I'll talk about what it's like to get care with a certified nurse midwife, and then I'll end with hospitalist, both OB hospitalist like what I am and certified nurse midwife hospitalist. Before we get into the episode, let me do a listener shout out. This is to Erica SRD, and the title of the review says, must have for first time moms. And the review says, I found Dr. Nicole Rankin's podcast from another related podcast, and I am so glad I did because it quickly became my go-to. Being pregnant during a pandemic was tough, and being a first-time mom, I had a lot of fears and uncertainties. Dr. Rankins helps to calm typical pregnancy and childbirth fears by reviewing the evidence in a way that is both informative and sincere. There was no need for me to start down the dangerous spiral that is Google because I trusted she presented the information I needed. Childbirth has always been my biggest fear, but in the end, my experience was peaceful and empowering. I know that this podcast helped me get there. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you so much for that lovely, kind, and touching review. I so, so appreciate it. And I'm so glad that you had a peaceful and empowering experience during your birth. And I'm grateful that I was able to play a part in that through this podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Another thing that helps you have a peaceful and empowering experience during your birth is good childbirth education. And I have completely updated my childbirth education class, the birth preparation course. That's my online childbirth class that gets you calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful birth. I re-recorded the entire course and addressed two of the biggest pieces of feedback that I was getting about the course. I actually look at every single piece of feedback that I get. One was that people wanted more visual elements to help explain things in the course. And the second was that people wanted to see more of me in the course. So both of those things are now the case. There are tons more visuals on things like explaining cervical dilation and pushing positions, optimal positions for your baby to be born, perineal tears. There's a whole new lesson with visuals and information on medication-free pain management techniques and different options to try. There's a downloadable guide that goes with that. And then of course, I am in the course lots, lots more as well with different outfits, different hairstyles and all. And in total, there's a, almost two additional hours of content compared to the previous version of the course bringing it to just under 10 hours of content. 
So you can go through it on your own time at your own pace. You can binge watch it on a weekend if you need to. I know a lot of folks will like cast the video to their TV. There's also an amazing bonus of a private Facebook group where there are other pregnant folks that you can connect with. The community manager is a doula. I'm in the group as well. The course is also super duper affordable. So check out everything at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. I would love to see you inside the course. All right, let's get into the episode today with practice models. The first thing I'm gonna say, and I said this before, I'm gonna say it again, there is such tremendous variation in how different practices operate and you really have to ask your own provider about how it works in their practice. This is, this is important to know, especially for when it comes time for your birth, so you know as much as you can about who is there with you during your birth and you can prepare accordingly. And I'll be honest, some practices are better than other practices at really explaining and communicating how their practice works, especially if it's a group practice. I have seen not infrequently that people were expecting that their doctor was going to be there for the birth and then they're surprised when their doctor is not there for the birth. So you really have to ask so that you know for sure. All right, so let me start out by telling you what a solo practitioner is. That is what it sounds like. This is a doctor who practices by themselves. They don't have any partners. This is pretty rare these days, okay? Not many doctors are in solo practice anymore. It's just not that common. Now with this type of model, you see the same doctor during your pregnancy and also the same doctor for your birth. So it does have that advantage, but again, it's not very common. The only time you may not see your own doctor is if your doctor is on vacation. And in that instance, they usually have agreements with other doctors in the community who cover for them in the event that they're out. But in general, you're going to see the same person during your pregnancy, also for the birth. Did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Enter Ritual. Their prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 DHA in every serving. One of the reasons I like Ritual is that it's a female-founded B Corp meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. In addition to those omega-3 DHAs to support baby's brain development, Ritual also has choline and methylated folate to support baby's neural tube development. And the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole for 25% off. The next model I want to talk about is an academic center where there may be residents or medical students. And academic centers typically are places where there are 
medical schools or teaching hospitals. Sometimes community hospitals are affiliated with the nearby academic medical center. So it could be like the main center of the university, or it could be a hospital in the community that's affiliated with the university that also has residents and medical students. And let me back up for a minute and explain what medical students and residents are. So medical students are students who are in medical school. They are in school getting their MD or their DO degree, okay? MD is medical doctor, DO is doctor of osteopathy. They are practically the same in terms of how they practice. So that's medical students. Once you graduate from medical school, you can't practice independently in most states. You have to do a residency training in whatever specialty that you want to go into. OBGYN happens to be a four-year residency training program. So residents, they've graduated from medical school, so they are physicians, and now they are physicians in training, learning their specific specialty. So you may encounter OBGYN residents, or you may also encounter family practice residents or family medicine residents because they also do deliveries. Now, attending physicians, they are going to be at academic medical centers as well, or in general, attending physicians are physicians who can practice independently. So they have completed residency training. They have met all the licensure and state requirements in order to practice independently. Any place there are medical students and resident physicians, there are always attending physicians. That is the way that programs are set up. So medical students and residents cannot practice by themselves. There has to be an attending physician in the hospital at the same time, okay? Now, as far as the prenatal care structure, it can go a couple of different ways. And I'm talking in generalizations. Obviously, I can't cover like every single permutation of how everything happens. So again, you have to ask your own place for sure. But typically, there tends to be a resident clinic where residency patients, and then there is a faculty level or attending clinic where the attending see patients. Now, there it varies at place in terms of who's seen in resident clinics, who's seen in attending clinics. I can say in general that most often, if you have private health insurance, commercial health insurance, you're probably going to be seen in a faculty or attending clinic. Now, when it comes to your birth, most likely it is going to be whatever doctor is on call. There's always a call system in place and most likely it's going to be the doctor who is on call. Remember I said that when there are medical students and residents, there has to be an attending doctor in the hospital. So it's going to be that person who is assigned to be in the hospital, that's going to be the doctor who is there when you give birth. Now, residents and medical students may or may not be involved in your care. In some places, medical students are only involved in a few patients' care. In some places, uh, residents may be involved in everyone's care. In some places, residents may only be involved in the resident patients and the attendings take care of the attending or faculty patients. It really just depends. So you need to ask ahead of time. 
If you want more clarity on this, which I suggest you do, if you're going to be delivering in a place that has medical students and residents, and I'll say that there's nothing wrong with having medical students and residents involved in your care. There's always a supervising doctor there, and they're often super excited, especially students, to be involved in a birth. But you can go to my website, drnicolerankins.com forward slash resources, and there's a guide you can download where you can ask questions to know exactly how medical students and residents may be involved in your care. Okay, the next thing I'm going to talk about is a group practice, and this is by far the most common type of practice that is out there these days, and it's becoming increasingly more common. So a group practice is when two or more physicians, usually tends to be four, at least four in a group, work together and practice together. They practice in the same office, they cover for each other, take call together, all of those types of things. Sometimes groups can be very large, okay? Sometimes it may be a group of like 13 or sometimes it may be a multi-specialty practice where it's a bunch of OBGYNs, it's a bunch of internal medicine doctors and they're all under one big umbrella. Also, it's possible that a group may have multiple locations. This is becoming increasingly common that hospitals are purchasing practices um, so they're like big groups that are forming and they're different places, all of these kinds of things, um, just growing more and more and more. So group practice is the most common thing and that you are likely encountering. Okay. So it's also the most confusing one as a result. So for prenatal care in a group practice, you may see the same doctor for all of your visits, unless there's a schedule conflict, a doctor's on vacation or something like that, okay? So it may be set up that you see the same doctor for all of your prenatal care visits. It also may be the case, depending on the practice, the practice may be structured that they intentionally have you see different doctors in the practice so that you can get to meet all of the potential doctors who could be there for your birth, okay? So they may intentionally say that you need to schedule appointments with all of the doctors so you can meet everybody before your birth. Now, obviously, if they have that model where they want you to schedule with the different doctors in the practice, then you know right off the bat that it's going to be whatever doctor who happens to be on call that's gonna be there for your birth. So that's pretty easy and straightforward. Where it gets to be a little bit less not straightforward is if you see the same doctor for all of your visits, is that doctor going to be there for your birth? And the truth is, it depends, okay? So I'm gonna break it down by what happens during, what could happen during the day, and then what can happen at night and on the weekends. So during the day, it could be the case that if your doctor's in the office, your doctor will come for your delivery if you're giving birth during the day, during office hours, okay? So certainly possible that even in a big group practice during the day, if your doctor's there, he or she will come and do the birth. However, it could be the case that your doctor does not come from the office. It could be the case that, you're, that it's whatever assigned doctor is assigned to the hospital for that day. There's some practices where they assign a specific doctor to be at the hospital during that day. Or if your doctor is not in the office, they're at another location, it may be one of their partners or will be one of their partners who does the delivery during the day, okay? So during the day, could be possible that your doctor comes 
may not be possible that your doctor comes. It really just depends. Now I can almost say pretty confidently that in most group practices at night and on the weekends, and at night I'm saying like, you know, after six o'clock and then on the weekends, it is almost always going to be the doctor who is on call for the practice. That's one of the reasons why a practices or group practices are formed in order to have a call schedule, in order to have more work-life integration, in order to have more of a predictable schedule. So at night and on the weekends, it's almost always going to be the doctor who is on call. It may also be a hospitalist doctor like me, and I'll talk about that in just a second. Now, some doctors will say, hey, you know what? If I am off, Um, If it's like before, you know, midnight, I'll come in for the birth or if it's, you know, after five o'clock in the morning, I can come in or if it's on the weekend and I'm in town, then I can come in. Some doctors will offer that and you can ask. It puts your doctor in a little bit of an uncomfortable situation sometimes to answer the question, but you can certainly ask if they're available to come in at any times when they are off if you really, really want them to be there for your birth, that really just depends and it's completely individualized. But most often I would say that if you are in a group practice, you can plan that it's more likely that it's not going to be the doctor you've been seeing on a regular basis who is there for the birth unless the birth is scheduled. Like if you have a scheduled cesarean birth or a scheduled labor induction, then it's more likely to be the doctor who you've been seeing during your prenatal care, but otherwise it's not. Okay. I hope that was clear. The group practice can be a little bit tricky, but also is the one that is the most common. All right. The next thing I want to talk about is certified nurse midwives. So certified nurse midwives are midwives that have a graduate level degree. Okay. So they have a master's degree or higher. Some certified nurse midwives have a doctorate level degree. That is in comparison to a certified professional midwife that does not require an academic degree. It's based on a demonstrated competency and a certain level of skills. For hospitals, it's always going to be a certified nurse midwife. You won't see certified professional midwives in the hospital. Certified professional midwives are in birth centers or do home births. For hospital births, it is always a certified nurse midwife. Now, depending on your state, certified nurse midwives may be independent practitioners where they can practice independently, have their own office set up, they can prescribe, do all the things independent, or they may have to have a collaborative agreement with the physician. I would say about half a state's certified nurse midwives are independent practitioners and roughly the other half, they have collaborative agreements where they have to have an agreement with the physician. That's how it is here in Virginia. And then in just a handful, a sprinkle of states, they have to have a supervisory agreement with the physician. Now, when you're seeing a certified nurse midwife, if you're in a state where they are independent practitioners, it could be a nurse midwifery practice with a group or a solo practitioner. If it's if you're in a state like Virginia, where I am, 
then certified nurse midwives are within a physician practice or they are collaborating with the physician. It's very clear that they are working with a physician and who the physician is that they're working with. Now, if you're seeing certified nurse midwives and they're going to see you if you have a low risk pregnancy, certified nurse midwives are specialists in low risk pregnancy and birth. They will see you for your prenatal care. They will also be there for your birth. Now, it may be a rotating system or call system similar to physicians, just like I talked about, where you may see the um, different nurse midwives during your prenatal care and you get whatever certified nurse midwife is on call. Now, these tend to be smaller groups. Like it doesn't tend to be like 16 nurse midwives who could be possibly there for your birth in my experience. And again, I can't speak for every single practice, but it typically tends to be maybe like three or four. So not a huge, huge group. So it's easier to meet different people during the pregnancy. But again, it may be that rotating system similar to physicians where it's the certified nurse midwife who's on call, who will be there for your birth. Now, some practices that have certified nurse midwives have a system set up where even if you see a physician for prenatal care, even if you have a higher risk pregnancy, the certified nurse midwives actually attend all of the vaginal births, okay? And the physician will only attend births for their specific patient. Like if they're on call and one of their patients is in labor, then they would deliver their own patient. Otherwise, the nurse midwife would deliver the rest of the patients. Or the the physician attends operative vaginal births, so with vacuum or forceps, or they attend cesarean births, okay? Or it may be the case that the physician attends births for their patients during the day, and the certified nurse midwives do the deliveries in the evenings and weekends with the on-call doctor only being available again if they want to for their own patients or for operative births or cesarean births. I know that is very confusing about how this might happen. So again, you have to ask the questions. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. 
Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. All right. And then the last thing I want to talk about is what I am, and that is a hospitalist. Hospitalists are similar to what the name sounds like. We only work in the hospital. I am an OB hospitalist. Sometimes we're also called laborist, but the more comprehensive term is is hospitalist. We don't just manage labor. We manage all inpatient obstetric things and lots of gynecology things as well. So that's an OB hospitalist or an OBGYN hospitalist. There are also certified nurse midwife hospitalists. I happen to work side by side with certified nurse midwife hospitalists. I think this is becoming increasingly more common as well. Again, we only work in the hospital. We do shift work, usually 12-hour shifts or 24-hour shifts. So for me, I work seven 24-hour shifts every four weeks. So roughly, you know, an average two 24-hour shifts a week, all right? The midwives that I work with, they do 12-hour shifts and they do um, evening 12-hour shifts or they do on the weekends, they do a 24-hour shift, okay? So it really just depends and every hospital is different. You cannot schedule appointments with us. You can't schedule to be with us at a specific time. Whatever hospitalist is there, is there. Now, in some hospitalists, the hospitalist only takes care of what's called unassigned patients. So that would be patients who come to the hospital, but their doctor or that practice doesn't deliver at that hospital. Probably the easiest way to explain that is if you were in a um, driving, you know, on a trip and you were going through a town and you had a pregnancy issue and you stopped at a hospital on the way of your trip, you would be considered an unassigned patient, meaning that you don't have a doctor that delivers at that hospital. If the hospital has hospitalist, then the hospitalist would take care of you. And I should say that hospitalists are not at every hospital. I would say even not at most hospitals, but they're certainly growing, growing, growing every day, every day, every day um, for many reasons. One is that it is safe. It doesn't um, keep people like in the office all day and then up all night. And it's important to have people in the hospital or provider in the hospital to deal with any types of emergencies. Also, there's no rush for us. Like it doesn't matter to me if a hospitalist, if you, as a hospitalist, if you deliver at, you know, 6 p.m. or 11 p.m., I'm going to be there regardless. I don't go home after you give birth. So there's no rush. It actually has been shown by studies that having hospitalist programs will decrease the cesarean birth rate. And that's probably part of the reason why. Now, in some hospitals, the hospitalists take over all the patients. They don't just take care of the unassigned patients. They take care of all the patients or most of the patients in the evening and on the weekends. Most practices will continue to see their patients during the day. But again, the evening and weekends, the hospitalist doctor may take over. I think the model, I know actually, the model of hospitalist care is growing and just continues to grow, as I said. As a matter of fact, I think it's eventually going to be considered 
um, a specialty within obstetrics of inpatient obstetrics. So you probably will see more and more that hospitalists are becoming increasingly common. You may also see a hospitalist in what's called an OBED or an OB emergency department. Some hospitals have emergency department areas that are specifically for pregnant people, and those are often staffed by OB hospitalists. Okay, so that is it for the different practice models. Just to recap, there is the solo practitioner, that's obvious, that's a person by themselves. There's the academic medical center with residents, medical students, always have an, they always have an attending physician who is um, able to practice independently and is supervising them. There's the group practice model, which is the most common one and has the most common permutations of what could happen during your prenatal care and for your birth. There's certified nurse midwife CNMs, and they can be in collaboration with a doctor or practice independently, depending on your state. And then there are hospitalists, both OB hospitalists like me and certified nurse midwife hospitalists as well. I want to reiterate again that it is so important that you know how your particular provider and practice works so that you can be prepared. This is part of what I teach in my free online class on how to make a birth plan. Part of making a birth plan needs to be understanding who could be there for your birth and how they practice. You don't want to just show up for your birth with your birth plan without having some idea of how the person on the other side is going to react to your birth wishes and whether or not they will support your birth wishes. Figuring that out when you show up for your birth is entirely too late. So in my free class, I teach you how to figure this out ahead of time. So register for the class at drnicolerankins.com forward slash registered. It's on demand, offered every day, and again, completely free. All right, so there you have it. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to me right now. Spotify, Amazon podcast, Apple podcast, Google Play, And I would love it if you leave an honest review, especially an Apple podcast, because it helps other women to find the show and it helps the show to grow. I so appreciate those reviews. And I just love hearing what you all have to say about the show. So I totally, totally appreciate those reviews, especially an Apple podcast. Also, don't forget to check out the entirely updated birth preparation course. You can check out all the details at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. Okay, so that is it for this episode. Do come on back next week. And until then, I wish you a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. Head to my website, drnicolerankins.com to get even more great information, including free downloadable resources on how to manage pain and labor and warning signs to look out for after birth. You'll also find information on my free online class on how to make a birth plan that works, as well as everything you need to know about my signature online childbirth education class, the birth preparation course. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com and I will see you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.